Got ourselves a tie game. Nice work. Fellas, we're broken. We need to change. And look, I know change can be scary. One minute, you're playing freeze tag out there at recess with all your buddies. Next thing you know, you're getting zits, your voice gets low. And every time your art teacher, Miss Scanlon, leans over your desk to check and see how your project's going, you feel all squiggly inside. Mm. She was a striking woman. Not classically beautiful, but striking. First time I ever saw tan lines. Most of the time, change is a good thing. I think that's what it's all about. Embracing change. Being brave. Doing whatever you have to so that everyone in your life can move forward theirs. Because maybe... It's the only way you can truly help her be happy. Obviously, by her, I'm referring to Lady Football. Good save. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week, we are covering Ted Lasso, Season 1, Episode 5, Tan Lines. Yay! Which, mentioned once, like, I still don't understand the whole episode title of this, but that's okay. You know what? I didn't even really think about it. (laughs) <laughs> to be completely honest with you. He only says it once during the speech where he talks about his art teacher leaning over him. And the first time he mentions tan lines, which and that's it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. It's weird to, to use that as the title of the episode. I would have met. I would have probably titled it fish and chips or something. Wrapped in newspaper. I don't know if that would have worked. I, I mean, you could have gone like just called it "Letting Go." I mean, because that's a huge. Oh, but see, if it's a show about Ted Lasso, he's not letting go of anything anytime soon. Yeah, this is also true. This is also true. This is. Um, it seems like we're jumping right into it, so we'll just say like we usually do. Um, we're going to try to avoid spoilers as best as we can during the main discussion. However, we will go into a spoilerful conversation a little bit later on before we go into our favorite quotes. So if you're watching for the first time, we encourage you to skip that part. Uh, just check the show notes and you'll find out from where to where that spoilerful uh, conversation happens. So you know where to jump back in for our favorite quotes and all the other uh, the stuff at the end. So. Uh, yeah. I would like I would like to just say that for those of you who cannot see what's happening, Ben is holding a comb as he talks. 
I just noticed it. I don't so, know what he's doing with the comb because okay. he doesn't have a lot of hair. <laughs> so, okay. So there is no hair on the top of my head. However, we are getting into the colder, more chillier months, which means the beard grows out. <laughs> so you can't really tell on the video and people listening can't tell at all unless you see me in person. But the part under my chin, I grow out more than anything else. And to avoid it getting like curly and really bushy and actually keeping it looking decent i comb it he it's it's literally in his hand as as he's talking <laughs> i it, put it like, down like, he, like holding a pencil i put it down <laughs> i'm italian and i'm highly anxious i keep things in my hand <laughs> i'm Kristen, right? and i'm highly anxious my, my heritage has nothing to do with it <laughs> italians talk with their hands so right. therefore I had a comb in my head. Now you're making me very self-conscious about it. <laughs> so I've pushed the comb to the side <laughs> so that I don't touch it. And instead, I mean, we always have a pencil pen. in our, our pen or a pencil in our hand. Yeah, I, grabbed, I, I, gra do. I grabbed my pen. All but right. it's just hilarious. It's just you you're sitting there and you gesture and I see a comb in your hand. <laughs> Ugh, gentle comedy here at I, uh, the revisited <clears throat> podcast. I I don't know why um, I will. I will make note of this too real quick, just because I see them on my desk right next to where I put the comb down. Um, this is totally off the topic uh, before we get into Ted Lasso. Uh, but I just recently discovered fudge brownie M&Ms. Oh, yeah, those are good. Oh, they're so good. So all right, enough of that. Uh, yeah, let's get into this episode. Uh, season five, season one, episode five, tan lines. We are. By the end of this episode, already officially through the first halfway through the first season, yes, of of Ted Lasso, one sixth through the show. N not not yet because season one has ten, seasons two and three oh, have twelve. Just kidding, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not a math so teacher. We are we are close because yeah, seasons two and three each have twelve. Uh, yeah. So season one only has 10. So we wouldn't even be to the halfway point of seasons two and three yet, but that's all right. It's close enough. <laughs> okay. Cause I don't anyway, want to figure out the math. What was cool about this episode that I didn't realize until, um, until today was that this episode was written by Brett Goldstein. Oh, I didn't know that either. Um, that's, that's really great. To, to hear um, only because for anybody who doesn't know uh, the history of the show, Brett was actually originally brought on as one of the writers of the show before he was cast as Roy Kent. Well, he's executive story editor for the show. Okay. He remains a writer throughout the series. Yep. But that was initially why he was first brought on was to be yeah, one of the head writers of the series. Every episode he is still listed at the end of the episode as executive story story editor. So um, I think that's cool. I think that's great. I mean, I know a lot of people contribute to, uh, you know, Ted Lasso to the, um, you know, Sudeikis and um, God, why do I always forget Beard's name? Um, Brendan. Brendan. Um, Brendan Gold, no, not I, I got you that far, man. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> um, why do I? I know it because I, I, I'm a huge character. I'm a huge fan of that character. Is uh, 
Brendan. Uh, Brendan Hunt. Brendan Hunt. Um, I was just going to say Brendan a million times before. <laughs> well, that actually helped, believe it or not. Beautiful. Um, you know, Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, and Brendan Hunt are, are the creators of the show and the head writers of the show. But I think, um, I think Brett Goldstein is just as much a contributor. Um, yeah, I tried to see if as, um, as they. Are. I tried to see if. Nick Mohammed was also one of the writers just because I know that he writes um, that he writes for other shows and he wasn't. So that makes me a little sad just because it would have been fun if it was like the office where like a lot of the actors were also the writers of the show. It's, it's fun in that sense, but it's also see, I, I have a huge problem with one of the characters on the office. So. Well, I'm not talking, I'm just saying like the office that, a lot of them were also the writers yeah. on the show. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, a lot of the writers. <laughs> I don't want to talk the about character. The Office. I just want to talk about the similarities between this one thing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the actors played. A lot of the writers played characters on The Office. I also want to apologize in advance. I feel it already leaving me. Um, it was a very, very uh, yelling type of week at school with school dances uh, and home games and out of control kids and stuff like that. So my voice is here and gone all at the same time. <laughs> You're yelling at school dances. <laughs> well, I had to get their attention. Oh, okay. Um, Brett Goldstein also has actually been touring lately and oh, cool. he, he's in the States. He hasn't come anywhere close to Philadelphia, but the moment that he does, I am getting tickets to that show and I'm going to that show. That's awesome. So I, I'm looking forward to the day that he actually does come around to Philadelphia. I really enjoy Brett Goldstein. I do too. And I, I just love that. Like, again, this is diving into the history of the show and the creation of the show. But again, like to then to people that don't know he, when he was brought on as a writer, he was very drawn to the character of Roy Kent and really felt because he had acted in the past, but you know, was hired primarily as a writer really felt that he could contribute to this role as an actor told the producers about it. And the producers said, well, like, you know, record an audition, like uh, send in an audition tape. Right. And he did, he recorded himself that night and sent it in. And within a day or two went back to them and asked them, Hey, did you know, did you get my, my audition for it? You know, what are your thoughts? And they were like, well, we, we've already cast the role. And he's and he kind of was a little sad about it, and they were like, "No, no, it's you. You you've got the role." <laughs> and that's how he became Roy Kent. That's amazing. And he I can't... also wrote um, "Shrinking." Yes, with um, Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. Yes, which I hadn't had the chance to watch. I haven't either, mainly because I'm not a Jason Siegel fan like I used to be. Okay. He, I, he's, he's my Jennifer Aniston to how, how I met your mother. Like he is the reason why they stopped making that show and why oh, they rushed okay. the ending. So he's also your Jim Parsons of the big bang theory or the, the Jim Parsons of your, how I met your mother. No, no, I don't know why, but no, it's not the same. Okay. Because there's 12 seasons there, and they ended it really nicely. Like they took their time with the ending, oh, and it was end, a phenomenal ending. That ending but was perfect. How I Met Your Mother was totally rushed, 
and friends was shortened and rushed. Gotcha. You're and you're right on all accounts. Big Bang has the better ending of all three shows. Oh, Big Bang nailed their ending. Let's talk about Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other, the other final thing I will say about Brett Goldstein too is that one of the things I love about him as a person and I find really endearing is he is and has been a lifelong fan of the Muppets. <laughs> Um, there is a video out there and I encourage you to look for it if you can. It's on YouTube of him performing uh, one of his on during one of his tours. And this was before Ted Lasso, where he does a one man show of the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah, I need to see that. I mean, it is with costume changes and everything. It's oh, I'm only- going to have to see that. I think it's like eight or nine minutes long, but it is him doing a one man performance of a Muppet Christmas Carol. No, I'm really, I'm, I, I, I need to see it. I need to see it now. You know, you and I will probably end up watching it when we're done. I know. So Never let's hurry it. this along. So we have time. <laughs> uh, one of the things I, I really loved about this episode right from the start is we get a new character. We meet Higgins, wife. And she's adorable. And she's, She's fantastic. Um, like, and there are five boys in the back seat of the smallest car in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> five boys, whatever, however many dogs, one geriatric 20 year old cat. They said three dogs, one geriatric 20 year old cat, and a house that fits all of us in it, or something like that. <laughs> but it's like you can tell she's very supportive of Higgins. But also very supportive in it makes you wonder what kind of conversations are happening at home because she tells Higgins, tell your boss, I hope. And I can't remember exactly what she says, but it's negative against Rebecca. It was something I hope she dies of a heart heart attack or something like that. that. Yeah, Yeah. it was something that was just like she said in a cheery tone, but it was terrible. And you and and Leslie just kind of took it in stride like, oh, I know you're joking, but (laughs) We both it's, wish it's, that to happen. It was definitely a regular conversation that they had with each other. It wasn't something shocking that she sent to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love too that like it's we get a great in that moment of the episode, we get a great little cold open before the opening credits of of Leslie meeting his wife, meeting his kids, and then Ted looking down at his phone, running headfirst into the the shade that wasn't pulled all the way up. And one of the last <laughs> Which is a total slapstick moment, but it worked so perfectly. I think the, one of the last things you hear before it goes is one of Leslie's sons. Is he dead? <laughs> I do. I yeah. I this is a this is one of those episodes where it's it's it moves the plot forward nicely without having anything to me that's like really noteworthy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say there's nothing noteworthy because I will say this episode is very much a tonal change from the first four episodes that we get in that there are two things that happen in this episode that are really effective. And the first is that you really, and I mean, really hate Jamie by the end of this episode. You know, it's so funny that you say that because I really, really don't this time around. 
Well, that's and, because and we we're, know. And we'll talk about why yeah. later. Absolutely. But I am enjoying, I'm enjoying watching Jamie Tart this time around. I don't know why. I usually it's, hate him, but I hate Rebecca and I hate Michelle. Oh, I don't think, I, and this might be a little daring to say, I don't think that ever changes about Michelle. No, no, it never changes about Michelle. And we can talk about that later too. Yeah, we could talk about that a little, little, little bit later. This is this is the episode I want to talk about spoilers more than I want to talk about the episode. How's that? <laughs> so I don't have a lot to say about this episode without talking about spoilers. I and that's the thing. Like I'm I'm trying to approach every time we watch these episodes to to talk about them. I'm trying to approach them both as what would I be seeing? What I, what do I remember seeing as the first time viewer? And then what do I kind of re- reflect on now? Rewatching the episode, knowing what I know about these mm-hmm. characters in the future of the series. And as a first time viewer, I'm pretty sure I hated Jamie at this point. Hated Couldn't him. And the character. Hated him, wanted him off the show. Didn't even want him to have an arc at this point. Yes, absolutely. I hated him. When he steps over Sam on the, on the pitch. Oh my God. I just, I, we are all Roy Kent in that moment. Yeah. You yeah, know, we and want that to fight, physically abuse Jamie. Yes, 100%. 100%. The, I just couldn't even. It's such a dickhead move to step over your injured teammate to grab a soccer ball and continue the game. Like, it's one thing. It's one thing to be like, oh, I'm on the other side of the field. I'm just going to be lazy about it and not check on him. He purposely stepped over him. It's yeah, it's absolutely intentional. Yes. What Jamie did. And every there, single goal, he's like, me, me, me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hate you. I well, hate you so much. That's not get ahead. That's next episode. Oh, it is? Yes. See, this is what happens when we do two episodes in a row. <laughs> yes. For the yeah, for those of you that don't know, we're actually recording episodes five and six together today. I was gonna uh, ask you if you wanted to just put them together because they kind of are the same arc almost. <laughs> well, then we wouldn't have anything to release next week while I'm I know. away. So <laughs> we, we kind of we'll call to... this part one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you're right, it is kind of an arc between the, the two episodes, but I don't want to get ahead to to the next episode. Um, it's a Jamie arc. It, it's, it's a, a two-episode Jamie arc. The rest absolutely. of it can be on its own. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's there's just moments of Jamie Tart in this episode that we, I just remember despising the character. But then again, there's also a couple things that I noticed about Jamie that I never noticed before. Like oh, tell when, me. When Keely goes to Jamie's apartment to return his key and everything. Did you happen to notice that every lamp in Jamie's apartment is a gun? No. Yes. (laughs) What an idiot. Every (laughs) lamp. It's not just a gun. They're golden guns. But why? I don't know. So like his floor, like his tall floor lamp is a rifle. The little lamp on the table is a pistol. It has to be for a reason. There has to be some character reason that was thought up in the writer's room about Jamie Tart that we never saw on screen. And they just never explored it for for some It was just a low-level mystery for Jamie Tart's apartment. Or maybe it was just one of those things where like they were like dressing the set and they were they were looking at stuff to put in there and they saw these gun lamps and they're like, well, who would have these? 
only a total dick would have these. Oh, let's put them in Jamie's apartment because that would make him <laughs> seem like, because I feel like that really is probably the purpose of this episode is to, they wanted you to despise Jamie. Well, it worked because when we get to some future things, which again, we'll discuss in more detail later, there has to be a turn. And they wanted that turn, I feel like, to be as drastic as possible with Jamie. Yes. It had to feel like it was this huge moment. Well, and for that turn to, to it for five episodes, too. Yeah. You know, it's been, you know, he's building his brand and he's an asshole to his girlfriend and he had a second plus one and he, you know, just dripping soup all over his naked chest. And he's not he's not a team player and um, he throws away the book like we've gotten those little things. And now it's all coming to a head. And um, is this the episode? No, it's the next episode. Um, but it's all slowly coming to a head. And I think that. Maybe the whole point of this episode is that while Ted's professional career hangs on Jamie Tart uh, complying with Ted's coaching style, that Ted's personal life is also colliding at the same time and coming to a head. And both of these major life events for Ted are colliding in this episode. Ted is losing control of his locker room and he's losing his marriage at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. that's significant. Especially for a character that we have seen these anxiety moments building up as well um, in the first five episodes. Yeah, there's a lot of correlation between both of the stories that are happening, even so much in so that by the end of this episode, we get the first of what becomes many uh, Coach Lasso speeches. Like these big motivational speeches where he's addressing the team in the locker room. And this is, is the this where he slaps believe. Yes. Okay. It is. We have two. We have two speeches in a row, and I couldn't remember which one was which, so I left it out of my notes. <laughs> but this is also the one where you you mentioned the title of the episode, where he talks about the teacher and the tan lines, and you know the first time he kind of noticed the tan lines. But in that speech, he's also talking about you know being able to let go, mm. and he he says like let her go, and then he kind of has to course correct, and he's like oh by foot. By her, I mean lady, lady football. football. Nice and save. <laughs> nice save. Um, I love Beard because you just, you see, he is an amazing non-verbal actor because you know exactly what's going through Beard's mind if you are looking at him the whole time. And there are, there are moments of Beard, and that's what I'll call them. They are moments of Beard where, like, he... He is a total mystery. Yeah. Like he is incredibly intelligent. Like he knows the terms for certain things. There's something that happens in the next episode that like he just comes out and he calls it this scientific thing. And you're like, how do you know that? Yeah. Well, because he probably reads a lot. Because, I mean, think about it, like you're always on a plane or a bus or something like that. What are you yeah. going to do before smartphones? Because they've been doing it for a while. He probably just got in the habit of reading a lot. And he's well-traveled and he's well-spoken. He plays chess, so it proves that he's very intelligent anyways. Yeah. But he is he is a complete mystery of a character for a long time. 
Um, Until you get the fever dream episode, which is fan freaking tastic. Well, I mean, I'm not even talking about that. Like even that. So that episode in season two is an amazing episode because we do. Um, it's it's not really a spoiler for the story, but we do get a beard centric episode, and it's perfect in in, in season two. Um, you do have to say, you you do take a minute though to say okay I got to relax into this okay I see <laughs> I see we're taking a change all right I'm just gonna go with it yes. <laughs> because it, it's very off putting if you're not ready for it <laughs> yes it, it really is but by the end of the episode you're kind of like that was a weird journey but that was amazing but I loved it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I actually ended up loving every second of that as Danny would say I am here for that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so like, you know, you know, beard with the lines, like nice save and everything. But yeah, we get, you know, there's a lot of correlation between what happens in Ted's personal life and how he brings that into the locker room. And I think that really kind of speaks to a lot of sports because there's I mean, that happens in life. Like you, as much as we would like to be able to keep things separate. And as much as we tell people to keep things separate, sometimes it just can't be done. No, and this I is mean, a very pivotal moment in Ted's life that I kind of understand why it gets brought into the locker room. Well, I mean, there's no way around it. He he, he is experiencing very similar elements thematically in his personal and professional life. And it's, of course, going to bleed into each other, especially when, um, you know, emotions are high and he is slowly losing his grasp on his own self-control. Yeah. Which Ted is a miracle worker when it comes to his own self-control. So things have to be really, really out of control, I think, for him to crack because he's so positive and he's so he can compartmentalize really well and people that compartmentalize really well like I'm one of them once your compartments have started to fill up and overflow that kind of you know that kind of two storms meeting each other is explosive and it's yeah. very very difficult to pull it back once you get to that breaking point so it it for me, I can really relate to it personally, just because like, I have the same thing going on this year in my classroom and, you know, my, my personal life at home. I mean, everything is just kind of bleeding into each other. And, and that you just have these moments where you go home and you're like, oh my gosh, I was totally unprofessional today. And it's because of this or because of that. And then you start to overthink everything. And like, I'm, I, I am Ted Lasso <laughs> in so many, so many instances in my life right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's also interesting, too, in that it, that speech in the locker room is kind of a huge revelation for Ted himself. Yeah, I feel like he kind of comes to a realization in that moment mm -hmm. when he's addressing the team. Like he sees a situation that's very similar to something that he's going on to in his personal life. So addressing the team and giving the team this advice, he's almost giving himself advice mm -hmm. at the same yes. time. Yeah. Um, I know we we usually do quotes, but um, I feel like it's it's kind of important to talk about it now. Like I'll actually read the quote from that speech. Oh, good because you know, I had that pulled up too. So go. <laughs> uh, you know, he says, "Fellas, we're broken. We need to change." And look, I know change can be scary. One minute you're playing freeze tag out there at recess with all your buddies. Next thing you know, you're getting zits. Your voice gets low. 
Uh, and every time your art teacher, Mrs. Scanlon, leans over your desk to check and see how your project's going, you feel all squiggly inside. Uh, mm, she was a striking woman, not classically beautiful, but striking. First time I ever saw tan lines. And then seeing Roy being one of the guys that chuckles like the most at that was yeah. fantastic. Um uh, most of the time, change is a good thing. Now, I think that's what it's all about. Embracing change, being brave, doing whatever you have to do so that everyone in your life can move forward with theirs. Because maybe it's the only way you can truly help her be happy. And then that's when he says, obviously by her, I'm referring to Lady Football and Coach with the Good Save. Good Save. Yeah. <laughs> um, he himself has just come to a realization. Because just before that... We get that whole moment with Michelle telling Ted, I, I don't feel the same way, but I'll try. Like, I keep trying to feel the same way, and uh, but I'll keep trying because maybe that's what marriage is all about. And we, I mean, I'm not married, but even I know, like, no, that's not how marriage should work. That's not a good marriage. Well, Mm, I don't want to talk about Michelle yet. Um, <laughs> talk about Michelle and spoilers. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and that, I guess that's what I, I'm talking about earlier is how he does have that aha moment yeah. and it's in his professional life, but he's still talking about his personal life. You know, they're, they're colliding together. And I th think that that was right after he benched Jamie. So. Nope. That's the next episode. That's two aces. No. Because, no. Oh, no. Wait. They win by a team effort in the second oh, no. half so of then, the game. So then I was wrong. When when he does the me thing, that is this episode. That's I what apologize. I'm saying. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I apologize. Um, it's on the second page, which is why see, I didn't see my it. confidence is is not there anymore because I was wrong about something last week. And so now my confidence is gone. <laughs> But um, but yeah. So he's Sorry. sitting there, me, 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 and then Ted just goes up. This is one of my favorite moments. Is he he runs up to go ask Rebecca if he could bench Jamie, and she's just like, "I don't care what you do." <laughs> well, because in Rebecca's eyes, that's falling. That's that's in her plan, right? Yeah, that's going to in Rebecca's opinion, that's going to lead to AFC's failure. And every, yeah, everything's going according to what she wants to happen right now, you know, but what she doesn't know is that he's just making his team better because Ted Lasso, I mean, he doesn't have to know the game. He doesn't have to know. He doesn't have to know anything. He's just a phenomenal coach. And we really see in this episode what is meant by what a good leader, what a good phenomenal, what, what a phenomenal coach does. He took the poison out at great risk to himself and his team and the game, but he took, he, he removed the broken or infected part of the team. And what happened? The team came back and rallied. Well, you know, what's also interesting too, is that when you look at that, you're right. It was a huge risk. When you look at the people that reacted to it, the hardest, none of them were on the team. None of the players were really like, none of the players fought it. No, they beard beard didn't fight it. They were just kind of like, Hmm, this is interesting because even they're seeing, you know, that this is a, this is an opportunity for us now. Yes. Not for me, for us. Yes. 
Um, it's only the fans and the commentators that are like thrown by it and fighting it and going against it. Think it's a stupid idea. It's not Roy. It's not beard. It's not even Colin and McAdoo. Right. Like who are his cronies at this point? But they've prop, but they're, they do it because they don't want to get, they don't want to get on Jamie's bad side. It's not that they love him or that they want to serve him or anything like that. It's that it's their survival instinct of, I don't want to get on your bad side. So I'm just going to do whatever you say so that you can like me. And then I don't have to worry about you targeting me. Well, one of my favorite moments of this episode is very, very quick and very easy to miss. If you blink is that Ted benches, Jamie right before halftime and they go into the locker room and Ted gives that speech. But right before Ted gives that speech, Nate is standing next to McAdoo and McAdoo slides over and pats the bench for Nate to sit. That was a huge moment, huge moment because yep. they're the ones that have been against him. Like they've been picking on him because of Jamie. They are embracing the positive environment that Ted is creating. They're yeah. embracing the team environment that Ted is creating and they don't even know that they're embracing it, which is the coolest part. Yeah. But that moment, like, I don't think I caught that the first time. I don't think I caught that until these rewatches that McAdoo slides over and lets Nate sit down. That's a very cool catch. I did not, I did not notice that, or I, I noticed it. I just didn't put it together. Yeah. And I think that that's a very, very cool catch because it, it, it's those little moments that show how the team is coming together and solidifying. Um, so that's kind of fun. That's fun to see. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, let's move over to Michelle and Henry's visit for a sec. Um, I, I love, uh, we, when I talked about the cold open of the episode and how Ted banks his head on the slide that didn't go all the way up, um, you know, he's looking at his phone and that's because Ted is just very excited about, you know, Michelle and Henry coming to visit when they first show up and he's talking to the team saying like, we're going to practice until we get this right. And then they show up and he's like, practice is canceled. And just starts <laughs> bolting across the field. There's like one of the things I did notice about this episode is in the range of emotions that Ted feels. We feel that as mm -hmm. viewers. We're very excited when Michelle and Henry show up, even though we know they have their issues. It's the same exact thing for Ted. They have their issues, but in that moment, in the excitement of seeing his family, they're forgotten. And he runs across the field and Nate, like, I don't think he realizes how long of a run that is. And Beard's like, that's a metaphor. Um, <laughs> you know, and then by the end of the episode, when we see Ted kind of feeling a little broken, like, we feel that too. Like, I, I, I think part of the bench. Oh, the park bench with beard. I think one of the it's it's I think it's the final note for this episode for me is I cry when Ted cries. Yeah. And I think that runs true throughout the entire series. I cry when males in general cry. I, I can't handle it. It's it's <laughs> Dave always Dave always laughs at me whenever I see a dude crying on TV or on, on a movie or something. He looks over at me. I'm like, ah, I just can't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> It's really bad. <laughs> but I mean, you're right. Like Ted goes through kind of like a, a range of emotions with Henry and Michelle coming because at one point we see that, you know, Ted and Henry are putting that Lego bus together and Michelle joins in, you know, six hands are better than four. And we get 
what is personally one of my top 10 favorite songs of all time. No lie. Bring it on home by Sam cook is probably in my top 10 favorite songs of all time. Don't know why. It's just a song that anytime I hear it, I sing. Some songs are like that. I, you know, and, and if you're watching it for a second time, you understand that Michelle is giving Ted one last family day. Yeah. She sleeps in the same bed as him. They sleep as a family. They go to the pub and they get fish and chips. They go, um, they do the bus thing. They like, they have a perfect family day together. And while I understand that that's a nice little gift, I also hate Michelle. So it, it I'm, I'm conflicted when it comes to that. <clears throat> well, because, me. because even as a first time viewer of this episode, you kind of, it leads you to believe that maybe things are kind of improving. Um, for Ted, and then it's kind of shattered in the next the next day because by you're right. By the end of that scene, we see the three of them in the bed together. Henry's between the two of them. Ted looks over at Michelle and Henry, and then looks up and he smiles. So yeah. in Ted's in Ted's mind, things are getting better. We're a family again. Yeah, like, all it took was us seeing each other. We're a family again, and then it's kind of shattered when we get that moment where he comes up on Michelle and Michelle is crying. And we get that speech where, you know, she doesn't feel it, but she's trying. Mm -hmm. And I think it's then that Ted kind of comes to the realization. Well, I think in inner monologue, in inner internally, he knows, but he hasn't accepted it. And then it's mm -hmm. not until that speech in the locker room that he's accepted that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> I have. Um, I have um, something kind of funny to say about the fish and chips is, is that I've never really enjoyed fish and chips ever. Like I've never oh. wanted to order them. Well, no, no, no. no, no Up until part. recently, I've never, I've never really wanted to eat them, order them, nothing. Like, I'm just like, I don't understand why anybody wants fish sticks because growing up, in my opinion, fish and chips were fish sticks, right? Yeah, it's not. So <laughs> last fall, um, when we were on the road, um, we were on the road in the camper. We spent the whole fall in New England. And on one of our free days, we went to Narragansett, Rhode Island. And we had the best fish and chips I have ever had. It was the first time I ever had fish and chips. Mm. And now I can't eat them because they're not as good as the ones in Narragansett. And all I want are fish and chips from Narragansett every <laughs> single day of my life. <laughs> Let me tell you. I, I I get the whole, like, why would anybody want fish sticks and French fries? Um, that's what you make when you're making fish and chips at home. Right. Um, although not me, because I've actually made fish and chips at yeah, home. Yeah, but I grew like, up in Southern California where we had tacos. We had fish tacos. You know, we tacos. didn't have yeah. fish, fish and chips. <laughs> yeah. I love fish and chips. Like, I, and, and. I, I get the whole having them in Rhode Island kind of ruined you for fish and chips everywhere Forever. because I had lobster in Maine. Oh, and then because you're, you're of that ruined. I'm lost. I'm ruined with lobster. When you go to Rhode Island next week, find fish and chips. Uh, I don't want it ruined for me though. It's worth it. It's so <laughs> no, good. It's really not because I eat fish and chips a lot. Jill will know where to go. If I if because Narragansett I, is like an hour away, you don't want to go all the way there. I'm at a 
I'm one of those people that like, if I'm trying a restaurant for the first time, I'll usually like, if I know we have plans to go somewhere I've never been before, I go online mm -hmm. and I look at the menu. So I know whether there's something I'm going to want. Oh yeah. And I as, do the same thing. <laughs> and as long as I see fish and chips on the menu, which a lot of restaurants carry, the moment I see that, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. That's Cause I know at, that's the one thing I can get at a Mexican restaurant. If I ever see mole, I'm done. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I got it. Or al, al pastor, al pastor or mole. I'm done. I'm like, I know what I'm getting. I no, I don't need to look at anything else. Thank you. <laughs> but I can, I can tell you, um, you know, kind of switching it back towards Ted Lasso. Uh, I have never been to the UK, but I know if I ever do go to the UK, which I hope to one day, yeah. I will not consider my trip complete until I get fish and chips. Dave and I have our 15th wedding anniversary coming up uh, next uh, in the spring, and we're contemplating a trip to England or mm. to the UK. Um, and fish and chips is definitely on our list. Yeah, it's I my trip would not be complete until I I want to go to an abandoned. I want to go to like a real rural area and find a a cool local pub on a rainy day and I want to go in and get fish and chips and a pint and I want to sing bar songs with English people. And I know that none of that is probably possible, but that's what I want to do. Why would it not be possible? <laughs> because it sounds something that you did in like the forties. Oh, the, well the sing along stuff. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but going to the, the, the small hole in the wall pub to get fish well, and yeah. chips and a pint. Well, yeah. Like, that's stuff easy. I can do, but I want yeah. the last part checked off too. <laughs> that's the stuff you see in movies. Yeah. Well, I want my movie moment, Ben. <laughs> exactly. I get it. Um, you know, talking about that whole scene in the pub too, with, with Michelle and, and, um, and Ted, you know, one of the things that kind of struck, no, never mind. I don't want to talk about this because it's spoiler territory. So we'll, I'll talk about it in spoiler. That's okay. Uh, I have one more thing to talk about before we go into spoiler territory. Oh, I, I have other stuff to talk about before we go into spoiler territory. I oh, just, okay. That particular thing I want to save for, for spoiler because um, it ties into something that happens ah. later. Um, well, what's the other thing that you had? Um, Jamie's beer promotion thing that he did was the most ridiculous thing. And beer I love it that his, um, he said that his tattoo said arm in Chinese, but it really says sunset. Oh, does it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see what it was. He's like, this says arm. No, it doesn't. It says sunset. You wanka. <laughs> well, you know, one of the other things that we kind of haven't discussed yet is Rebecca in this episode, because. Well, we talked a little bit about her because we see the plan kind of go awry in, well, we we see what she thinks is going to add to her plan in benching Jamie and turns out to not because it helps to a win. But in the beginning of the episode, we kind of see Rebecca revert a little bit because in episode four, she confides in Ted. They have that hugging moment outside and then Ted is kind of confiding in Rebecca a little bit about the excitement of Henry and Michelle coming. And she's like, well, is this because we kind of like confided in each other before? And he's like, oh, that's exactly why we're doing this. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we see that Rebecca is still fighting Rebecca. Yes. She is trying so hard to not be like, a, like that person. Is and this the episode or is it the other episode where old Rebecca is mentioned? That is that is next episode. Okay. That is next episode. I don't know why I'm asking you. You've already been wrong once today. 
<laughs> That's why I had to think about it. That is that is next episode. Um, you're right. These two episodes do tie together a lot. They are very. They are two episodes of one storyline. Um, let me see. What else do I have on on this one? Um, we talked about Roy. Oh, we 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 kind of mentioned this and quickly, but I love Roy and his encouragement to Sam after that moment that Jamie steps over him. That was awesome. When he tells them, stay down, I'm going to lift you up, kind of feign your injury, shake it off, and the crowd will love it. And they did. And, like, seeing Roy being the captain, not just of the team, but of his teammates, like, yes. seeing this, this character that we have kind of been what's the word I'm looking for um, we, we've kind of been shown to show this really rough exterior mm -hmm. is really a leader yeah. on the field and it kind of I think one of the reasons why is because it, we, we haven't really seen it up to this point is because it gets overshadowed by Jamie mm -hmm. and we kind of get a little bit of a glimpse for it of it and then jamie's pulled and now in the future we're going to see so much more of it and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be fantastic yeah i'm excited um yeah so it's you know i i love seeing that um let's see i talked about mcadoo inviting nate to sit down to him we get the ted lasso speeches oh you you brought it up at the end of that ted lasso speech when he slaps the belief sign. Yes. Is just like that slap has so much impact. Yes. <laughs> because he literally just slapped every member of the team in the face. Yeah, he did. By slapping the sign. He did. Not uh -huh. in a not in a derogatory way. No. Yeah. It's a wake-up call. Right. And that's probably the most emotionally charged that they've seen him so far. Yeah. Until next episode. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we'll talk about that too as well. Um, let me see. We have some quotes. Uh, oh, okay. Let's talk about Rebecca and Keely. I love them because it's so weird to see, like we are, we are really seeing two different Rebecca's at this point. Yes. We're seeing the hardened Rebecca that she shows to Ted. She shows to Higgins. She shows to the team. Uh, she shows to Rupert. Keely's different. Keely's she, sees, she sees through Rebecca's bullshit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's one of, one of the, the best moments of this episode, at least in funny in humors quotes. And I don't have the quote uh, in front of me, but, when she offers Keely a job, like, would you want to be like, would you want to do this more for, for other teammates? Yeah. Um, um, are you talking about what she says? Just give it a thought unless you want to carry on doing what it is. What is it that you do again? <laughs> I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's, that, that's part. It's funny, but it's, um, 
It's the part where she says, like, I don't where Keely says to Rebecca, I don't want you to offer me a job just because we had that conversation in the bathroom. And Rebecca's like, Well, why not? Like men offer each other jobs in the bathroom all the time. True. Oh yeah. <laughs> but Keely's response. Keely kinda, made it Keely made it weird. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> where Keely just kind of like gives that coy little smile, which makes Rebecca laugh. Yes, which is a feat in itself. Yes. It's really a feat job since you said feet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's, you're right. Keely sees right through Rebecca. And I think because of that, Rebecca feels a little bit of a freedom that she doesn't have to hide who she is because mm-hmm. she knows Keely won't see it. Like it, it Keely's going to look right through it so she can be herself with Keely. Mm-hmm. You know, even in the conversation that they have in the press room when Jamie's giving his his beer ad and, you know, the Rebecca dumbest says, ad in the world. But Rebecca says, you know, like, didn't you like didn't you dump him? And like they're talking girl talk because there's already a friendship there. Yes. And there's trust it, that has been established. Yes. And I it again. I've I've said this last episode when we first started to see this develop, and I'll see that I'll say this again. Rebecca and Keely, their friendship is one of my favorite things of this entire series. Yes. And there Keely are, is really the reason why. Well, I because think. I think so too. Yeah. Keely's um, the one that does it all. And then the only other thing I think um Obviously, we talked about Jamie being pulled. AFC Richmond gets their first win. Uh, Rebecca's plan is kind of crumbling because of that, because she didn't expect it to go that way. And then <laughs> Coach Beard does a Doc Brown impression, which really... <laughs> that was me. amazing. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, the actor? The actor? <laughs> and it's a good I do like at too. the very end when that old man goes, Wanker, good job today. <laughs> <laughs> um. I love seeing the early what we're what we're we're assuming at this point is the the very flirtatious nature of Roy and Keeley. Mm-hmm. Because, and this is why I really enjoy this. We talked about how well Keeley sees through Rebecca. Keeley sees through everybody. Yeah, she does. She's a woman of the world. Keeley sees the real people. Yes, she does. Because she sees it with Roy. But at the same time, Roy is flustered around Keely. He becomes a different person around Keely. And it's not a fake person. Everybody does. Keely makes people feel unglued a little bit because she has this disarming quality about her. Yeah. Even well, Jamie is able to be somewhat real around Keely. Well, because Jamie, like as we find out in the beginning of this episode, Jamie can't do anything himself. And he even openly admits it <laughs> when Keely comes into the apartment and he finds another woman in there already. And he's like, "Uh, you, you can't get mad at me. You broke up with me. Yeah. Less than 24 hours ago. It was literally the night before. And he's like, well, what did you expect me to do? Take a shower by myself? Like, you just admitted you can't do anything on your own. Mm -hmm. You are a child. Yes. 
You are a child. He's a child. He's a child that can have sex and drink. It's bad. pretty much. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Bad combination. It's like when you take an 18 year old on a cruise internet into international waters and they can drink and gamble for the first time in their life before they're legally allowed to. But he has like this middle school brain too. Like he reminds me of one of my, he reminds me, he reminds me of somebody very specific in my life. <laughs> I only made that reference too, by the way, because that was me. Oh yeah. I, I went on a cruise when I was 18 and I was allowed to drink and gamble in international waters. I did the same thing in Mexico. <laughs> you, when you live that close to the Mexican border and you're 18 years old, you go to Mexico a lot on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because it's legal. Yeah. Um, but going back to real quick to, 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 uh, to, to Roy and Keely, it, it, I love it because like we see, Roy is calling out Keely because he doesn't like the fact that Keely's with Jamie only to find out that Keely admits she broke up with Jamie. And then that's when he seems to get a little flustered because he's like, Oh, well I, I didn't know that. And you know, this is the reason why I don't like Jamie. Cause he should have passed when he didn't. And Keely completely calls him out. Like saying like, oh, well, do you want me to check in on every decision that I make in my life? <laughs> is it okay with you if I go pee? <laughs> <laughs> and she sends him the text message like, is it okay if I pee? And he's like, well, obviously. <laughs> he's, you know, walking away. Uh, and then the only thing left in my notes, I know I said that like three times. Um, it, it, we we have to talk when, when we, I feel like we have to talk talk about it because it's one of the main things is the final moments with Michelle and Ted before <sighs> Michelle leaves. Yeah. Okay. I know your, th I know your thoughts on Michelle. Yep. And we'll talk a little bit more about him in the, in the spoiler territory, but it, that is a heartbreaking moment for Ted. Yes. A hundred percent. And it's not, it's not the fact that his marriage is ending. It's the moment when he says, I promised I would never quit on anything in my life. Because they're seeing this from two different perspectives. And I kind of, as much as I don't like Michelle in this moment, I'm almost a little appreciative of the fact that she comforts him a little bit in saying, you're not quitting. You're letting me go. In oh. other words, I quit. Not I you. considered I considered that to be a very selfish moment for her. I did not see it as something comforting, Ted, because that whole trip was a mind game. It it almost would have felt like it would have been better had she not come. Yeah, and just sent uh, Henry and just sent, the, and just sent Henry along on his own. Yep, that would have been better. With a manila folder that says, I'm divorcing you. With divorce papers. Yeah. Yeah. Something other than the false hope that she gave him and the mind games that she played with him while he's, while he's starting a brand new job in a brand new country with brand new people. Well, I mean, I know we say it would have been better. Like you, you mentioned the manila envelope with the divorce papers. I think that would have been a little harsh. I would have hated Michelle more for doing that. I think that she should have just tried to come out with him and get a fresh start with the three of them for at least a couple of months before making a decision. 
we'll talk a little bit more about that in spoiler. Yeah. So I'm done with, I'm done discussing. I, uh, yeah. I, I think I'm at that point too. Um, okay. We've, we've talked a lot about the episode. So uh, for those of you listening now, we're going to jump into a little bit of spoiler territory. So if you want to skip it, just check the show notes to find out when we come back and then we'll talk about some of our favorite quotes, other favorite quotes of the episode as well. Um, where do you want to start? Michelle, this. I want to start with Michelle. So she was dating the therapist by now, correct? Was she dating him by now or was I, I think there was a, at the very least an interest in him because they had gone to therapy. He met Ted mentions that to Rebecca in the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. that they were in couples therapy. And they, they didn't, didn't like, like the, other, the couple. other couple. And the other couple, hey, the other couple could have been Michelle and therapist. So, you know, that's kind of a little bit of foreshadowing, maybe. Yeah, and I can't remember his name either. It's not worth remembering. He's forgettable. Yeah, it's yeah. not worth remembering. Um, yeah, I I think there was at the very least an interest there. And I, because like, the minute because the minute she was done with him, she's like, Oh, Ted, let's get back together. Come move back home now that your life is perfect over in the UK. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that nut. Um and crack that one open when we get to the, the series finale. But, all I'm saying, all yeah. I'm saying is that she is the worst. She's a master manipulator. She's narcissist. She's selfish. She is so selfish. She doesn't take Ted into account. She doesn't take Henry into account. She doesn't do anything that she doesn't want to do. She, she has made zero sacrifices for her family. I know. I completely agree with you. Um, it's it's rough to watch Michelle because I feel like the writers wanted her to be at the very least, maybe not likable, but an understandable character. Like they wanted us to kind of see, see where she fired. And yeah, I agree. It's, we talked a little bit about the the first couple episodes of this, how their couples uh, characters are different now than different later than they are right now. I don't think Michelle ever changes. No, she's very much a static character, in my opinion. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that can make arguments as to why she's changed because she went back to Ted apparently at the end. But I don't know. No, I don't even know if it's ever been true, if it's ever truly revealed that her and Ted are back together. He went in Um, with his suitcases into their home. But that's only because that's the last home he left. He doesn't have a new home yet. I'm telling you, he went back and they got, he put it and she welcomed him again. Oh, I mean, I've seen it. I, I just take yeah. that as in, that's the home he left. So that's the home he went back to. Now, of course, um, she's going to get back together with him now that he's a sensation. Yeah, but he left all that. Yeah. Because- okay. <laughs> Digress. Um. Yeah, it's uh yeah, because he yet he made yet another sacrifice for his family. First he left America to give her space and then he left Richmond to get back into her life. He made all the sacrifices. He sacrificed his time with Henry, he sacrificed his career twice. He sacrificed everything for her and she did nothing. Well, yeah, she, because she she went to his house. She went to England on her way to Paris with her new boyfriend to drop off her son. Exactly. I mean, yeah, she's horrible, horrible human no, being. I agree with you one hundred percent. I agree with you because even in the end, in a, in a final conversation, in one of the final conversations between Rebecca and Ted, Rebecca says that Michelle and Henry can come over here and start fresh 
while you continue with this. That would have been perfect. That would have shown Michelle's growth, growth from Michelle. That if Michelle made the sacrifice to come over. Yep. Okay. I get no. And I agree with you. She is a horrible person. I just don't, I don't ever, I mean, to the point where later on in this season, we meet somebody else who seems to kind of take Ted by surprise, but I was totally shipping them from the start. And that's sassy. Yeah. Sassy. Mm hmm. I was shipping Ted and Sassy from the start. I think all because, of us were. She was a breath of a, fresh air. They she was she was a breath of fresh air for Ted. She was incredibly she was sassy. She was just that. Um she was fun. Like she just seemed like something different and better for Ted. And healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't um, know why that choice was made for him to go back to Kansas at the end, but I mean, this first episode really, really proves to me that he never should have gone back to Kansas. And in the end, I, I, I just, I, what a terrible, terrible person Michelle Lasso is. Awful. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I have nothing else to say about spoilers. I just really wanted oh, to really? think about how much I, I hated her. <laughs> I have a couple other things that are okay. kind of quick mentions. Um, I love that we get yet what is going to become one of many. We've already gotten a couple, actually. Uh, We got West Side Story last episode, and this episode we get Oklahoma. Yeah. A number of show tune references to the point where we get an actual show tune by the end of the series. Um, What else did I have? Oh, I have this, and I have it in big exclamation points at the end. Uh, we have what is going to become the very first meeting of the Diamond the Dogs. The Diamond Dogs, yep. <laughs> Even Leslie was there, too, for, like, at the very end. Well, that's what I mean. When right. Leslie shows up and he's kind of, like, a surprise that he's being brought into this, like, inner sanctum. I loved like, it when he tried to also hop up on the table with Nate. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he failed. <laughs> yep. But this is what is going to become... The Diamond Dogs. God, what have you done to me? <laughs> I hate what you've done to me. Press the button. I know. <laughs> We're I feel in spoilers. Like, I, I feel like... And obviously, I couldn't grow a beard. Otherwise, Coach and I here would uh, look like a ZZ Top cover band. Would have been called Sharp Dressed Men. Ooh, that's nice. God, I hate what you fucking done to me. <laughs> Remember what you said to me? Your goatee makes it look like you ate out Bigfoot's butthole. That's right. A.K.A. Asquatch. You're all fired. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> um, let me see. I think I think that's all I have for spoilery stuff. Um Rebecca's plan, beard. Yeah, I think that's really it. I think all I have left is quotes. Um so if you're good on spoilers. I'm good. Uh, All right. So at this point, we're bringing back everybody who skipped the spoiler territory to talk about some of our favorite quotes from the episode. Um, And I will will start. It's it it makes me laugh. I don't know why it makes me laugh. There's a moment with um, when Ted brings home breakfast for (laughs) for Henry and he talks about the scone and he mentioned, he's like, oh, 
what's oh, the exact quote is i can uh, tell I, th- I have it this here is a scone tastes like a muffin except so, except it sucks all the spit out of your mouth yeah and then he hands it to henry and <laughs> henry runs off and he's like aren't you gonna say thank you and henry's like thank you and he's like all right he says some people's kids holy moly <laughs> <laughs> like, talking about his own kid i liked it when uh when henry said what's a wanker and Ted Lasso goes, well, Keto, it's uh, that's a man who likes to be alone with his thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one too. Um, Higgins' son saying, "Is he dead?" After Ted uh, hits his head on the, um, <laughs> on the on the shield, uh, and then there's um. Uh, did, do they wrap their fish in newspaper? No, but I wish they did. That's just like you to want your food to teach you stuff. <laughs> kind of. Oh yeah. What the, what's the follow up? Uh, like kind of like, like learning about Rosa Parks from a donut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole lot of knowledge just in the hole right there. <laughs> and then the only, the only other one I have that I have written down is when Ted talks about, um, keeping the open jar of peanut butter on the oh. counter so that at random times he can just stick his fingers in and taste some. And Roy, it's a fucking good idea, to be fair. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think it sounds disgusting. I love peanut butter, but I'm not keeping an open jar on the counter. You're just inviting bacteria to grow. And cats. Oh, well, yeah. I, I have cats that will get into that easily. It's hard enough for me as a cat owner to leave meat out to come to room temperature before yeah, I cook I, it. I get it. <laughs> you don't have to, to tell me. <laughs> not having to chase cats off the counter. And it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you do to, pre- to prevent it. Cats are still going to do it. Yeah. Very, very good. <clears throat> um, any final notes on this uh-uh. episode? Nope. I'm good. Uh, all right. So. That takes us then into the feedback portion of the episode in which we have a Facebook comment as well as a voicemail from our, uh, our friend, Steve Brown. So I'll, I'll read the feedback from the internet first, from Facebook first. And it's from uh, Lindsay Schlicht on Facebook. And she says, kind of strange to realize now that Keeley's entire career started with Rebecca being sure she'd screw it up. I don't know if I believe that part. Uh, rewatching the series is, stro- is so strange to realize how things actually began. Also cute to see the start of Keeley and Roy. Uh, never did like Ted's wife. I realize no marriage or person is perfect. But honestly, how do you do better than a man like Ted Lasso? Yep. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad she's not in the show much. So glad to be rewatching this show with you guys. I'm also rewatching Shit's Creek, so I feel like all I do lately is smile. It's nice. That's awesome. That's such a good show to also watch if you need to pick me up. Yeah. I remember I did the same thing, Lindsay. I did uh, Shit's Creek and Ted Lasso first watch at the same time, and that was a very joyful, mentally healthy part of my life. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with Rebecca giving Keely the job to screw it up. I think that's actually Keely, uh, Rebecca, act, like legitimately trying to pick up Keely. Yes, I agree. I think she's returning the favor. Um, in 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 terms of the friendship. Yes, I would agree with that. I think that uh, she, the one genuine part of Rebecca right now is Keely. 
Yeah. So I don't I don't think she's I don't think Rebecca is giving Keely that job in hopes that she'll screw it up. I think she's being legitimately sincere. Unless we she, missed something and she actually said that and we missed it. I've re- I've watched the episode twice and I didn't pick up on anything. I think it's she I think it's that you know, the same way Keely sees through Rebecca and that Rebecca is not the person Rebecca t- pretends to be. I think Rebecca sees the same thing in Keely. Keely is more than just a trophy girlfriend on the arm of a, of a football player. Yes. She is very successful and mm-hmm. Rebecca sees it. Yes. So she wants to give Keely an opportunity to shine. I 100% agree with that. Okay. Good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Lindsay, of course, obviously for the, uh, for the feedback. Yes. Love it. And of course we have the voicemail from our friend, Steve Brown. So let's play that now. Hello, Ben and Christian. This is Steve. And this is going to be for Ted Lasso season one, episode five, a tan lines. Didn't did Keely say something about tan lines when she saw, um, Rebecca's naked picture. Oh, Leslie's family is so cute. <laughs> Ted just banged his head and one of the kids said, is he dead? <laughs> hey, I live in Oklahoma. So that's their code word, whatever truth word. Oh, Jamie didn't waste any time, did he? I mean, they weren't on a break. She did break up with him. Jamie's so unaware. She's just by being you. Well, you're welcome. I don't want to go long because making too many comments, but the jar of peanut butter open on the counter and you just stick your finger in it. I can't do that. So don't like this, Rebecca. It's, it's all going smashing. We've lost four matches in a row. We're facing relegation. It's going smashing. This conversation between Rebecca and Keely. Men give each other jobs and, and lose all the time. I can't even say it without <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Keely and Roy. This scene is good. Anytime I have to make a decision, I'll consult you. It's a cute scene of, of uh, Ted and his wife. I don't remember her name. And his kid building the Lego, the double-decker bus. So sweet. And Sam, oh, is it Sam Cook? In the background, you just gave gave him the scone, and there's the jar of peanut butter. Okay, this nine 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 conversation that is the most is one of the most hilarious conversations of this entire series. <laughs> there you have it. And he's such a dick. I don't know what he wrote on on. Uh, oh, what's Ted's son's name? Anyway, uh, but then they go back and and uh, Paul Paul don't humanize him. <laughs> oh, sorry, I mean, it's all quotes, but I should be saying something else. And Sam is still laid out on the on the pitch and they're like fighting and stuff. Oh, that's right. I remember now what Roy tells him. And Ted just called the, the ref a highlighter. <laughs> the whole tune, the whole team, the whole team, the whole team was ignored, was not, not impressed with Jamie's actions of pointing at his name and saying me. And uh. remember this guy, the, the player's name is sitting next to Roy that just patted on the seat for uh, um, uh, Nate to sit down. Tan lines. He just said the title of the episode, mic drop. Love it when he does Doc Brown. Oh, man, I'm getting choked up. Ted's telling the story about him and his wife meeting the two people in the parking lot. Now we have Roy and Keeley, two people in the parking lot. Henry, that's his son's name, Henry. The closed captions just showed it. All right. I might watch episode six tomorrow to send it in. Holy shit. Did not even connect the dots on Ted talking to Michelle about two people meeting in the parking lot. And then they show. Yep. Roy and Keeley in the parking totally lot. Totally missed that. I well picked up on Steve. Yes. Did not even put that together. Huge foreshadowing moment. Yeah. Yep. Well 100%. done, Steve. Yes. Didn't even put that together. And we didn't even talk about the fact that Oklahoma was their truth word. Yes. Yeah. I um, loved. I love that that they had a truth word. Well, I love that Ted uses it both on Michelle and Rebecca. 
yeah. in this episode. He's like Oklahoma. She's like, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really do enjoy these chats together. Oklahoma. No, I don't like this at all. No, I actually hate it. Uh, the 999 thing that you looked confused about when he mentioned that, there's the joke where they talk about dialing 911. Yeah. And they say like, oh, it's 999 here. And he's like, oh, well, that seems like that's a little, that, that didn't work. Because, you know, if you have kids just pushing buttons. Yeah. You know, which makes a lot of, makes a lot of sense. Uh, but thank you, Steve, for the feedback as well. Uh, if you want to leave us feedback for future episodes, easiest way to do that is just go to our website, revisitedpod.com. There you can find where to subscribe, to, to, to follow, find us on social media, to leave the feedback, all that fun stuff. Uh, or you can email us directly, feedback at revisitedpod.com. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, episodes five and six are being recorded back to back because I am away next weekend. So the when while you're listening to episode six, uh, I, I will be in Rhode Island. Uh, however, if you did miss where we mentioned last week that we were collecting for both and you still want to leave us feedback for episode six anyway, uh, feel free to do so. And we'll play it when we record episode seven. We'll still mm. play the feedback on the episode. Um, I think that was it. Uh, any final notes on the episode? No, I'm more into the next episode. Okay, yeah, which uh, which we're gonna get to in a couple minutes, and you guys will be hearing uh, uh, in about a week in a in a week's time exactly. Um, recommendations and such for the week. I'm gonna make one, and I think you're probably gonna share in this. Uh, we unfortunately last night, um, the night before we're recording this, found out the tragic news that Matthew Perry passed away. Um, I know, and it's still. Us recording today is kind of a little bit of a break from that. So I apologize for bringing it up. Um, but my recommendation for this week, and again, I think you'll share is just if you have the opportunity, uh, just go back and check out his previous work, whether it's friends or films or anything like that, and and read his book, read his memoir. Um, I Neither one of us has read it, but it's been on my list, and it just got bumped to the top of the list. Um. It's uh, Matthew Perry, Friends, Lovers, and the Terrible Thing. And Friends is a huge part of both of our lives. Friends is a big reason why. It is ben the and reason I, I think friends. we. It, it's the main yep. reason we connected. Yep. It was friends literally is, a line of dialogue. Yep, it was. It was. <laughs> it was. Friends has been a centerpiece of our friendship. It's a centerpiece of my friendship with um with my best friend Jill. Um, it is. It's I. I, I'm really quite shocked and devastated over the whole thing. Um, Matthew Perry has always been a very important part of my life. Um, I watched Friends the entire time I was giving birth to my daughter. Um, I have a Friends tattoo. Mm. He, um, Chandler Bing, is always going to be somebody that has shown up in my life when I desperately needed him. And... Um, it's 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 a shock. It's yep. a shock. So just pay tribute to Matthew. That's really our recommendation for the week. Uh, you know, that's that's really all we can say. Uh, on that note, uh, thank you as always. Um, make sure you go to check uh, podcastica.com, Check out some of the other great podcasts that are over there. As we mentioned, there's always something for everybody over there. 
uh, Raymond Pake recovering Great British Bake Off and Fall of the House of Usher from Netflix on Strange Indeed. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead is back, so there's a lot of hate talk going on <laughs> over at Podcastica about that. Uh, I don't even think they podcast on the show anymore. It's just the uh, the Patreon group. They do uh, a rant. And they do like a roundtable rant where they just talk about how horrible. It's a god-awful show. <laughs> the show is at this point. Uh, but I know the uh, the dead cast, um, uh, the cast of us is gearing up for the next Walking Dead spinoff, which I think comes uh, beginning of next year. So a lot of great Maybe. stuff happening over there. Yeah. Um, a lot of great stuff happening over there. So go over to podcastica.com and check it out while you're there. Um that said thank you as always for being a part of the family the revisit family thank you for listening subscribing all that you guys do but until next time we'll see you guys out on the pitch take care bye namaste baby